0: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Welcome to Make It
1: Clear. My name is Stan Pons, and I'm your Bible teacher on Make It Clear, as well as the president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. And I'm so glad that you could be with us today, and of course all of you that are with us almost every time we meet. That's a great encouragement to us. But if you're here for the first time, I want you to know that Make It Clear is a program designed with you in mind. Most of our programs would be Bible teaching. We could actually learn the Bible, but from a life application way. In addition to that. From time to time, I have guests that I'd like you to meet. Guests that are making an impact upon the world and guests who have influenced me as well. And I feel that if that's the case, maybe there'll be something that they can share with you that'll add value to your life. And that's what you want. So I'm bringing another guest with us today. I'm recording this in beautiful northern Colorado in the Rockies here. And what a beautiful place that it is. So you may hear some background noise because I wanted to do it outside instead of in the studio in Orlando, Florida. So again, I'm glad that you could be with us. Here's our guest. Our guest is J.B. Hickson. He is a theologian. He's an author. He's a pastor. He is a teacher. He is one who has known the Word of God. He's led ministries, and he is now doing a great work for the Lord. But with all of that, those are nothing more than vehicles for him to get the message that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, because of the Word of God alone. So let's meet our guest today, shall we? This is Dr. J.B. Hickson. Welcome to Make It Clear. Hey, great to be here. Thank you, Stan. I'm so glad that you could be with us. Let me tell you where we're going, folks, in our interview today. I want you to know that both J.B. and I, and perhaps most of you, we really sense the urgency today of people hearing the gospel. But we also know that they need to hear it accurately and clearly. So, JB, let me take you back in time for a little bit, because I don't think we come out of the womb having the urgency and the accuracy and the clarity of the gospel, but something happened in your life where you were driven to those truths for yourself, but also to influence
2: others. So tell us, how did that happen? Yeah, I remember it very vividly. I had just graduated from college and was going on to seminary, and I had planned all my life to go to Dallas Seminary. I surrendered to preach as a young man and kind of knew my path was charted to go into seminary, so all through high school, I just expected to go to Dallas Seminary. But When the time came, it was financial constraints, and we weren't able, didn't think we were able to go, so I ended up uh, choosing a different seminary, and literally two weeks before I was to go to that seminary, uh, the Lord opened the door for me to go one semester, step out on faith. And I got a job loading boxes in a warehouse, got a little grant money and some scholarship money. And and uh, I was challenged if I could go for one semester to Dallas, would I step out on faith and trust the Lord to provide the rest of the way? So I did it. And when I told some of my friends at my home church uh, about my change of plans, that I was in fact going to be going to Dallas Seminary, one of them said to me, Oh, you don't you don't want to go there. They teach that cheap grace stuff. Oh, and that was the first time I'd heard that phrase. And um, they recommended a book that was critical of Dallas Seminary. And so I went up to Dallas. I got there two weeks early to start my job, two weeks before classes started. And every night in the dorm, uh, as students were arriving and getting settled in for the fall semester, I would read that book. And uh, even without having the knowledge of of the clarity of the gospel that I've come to have over the years. Uh, I could tell something was amiss. And mm. so uh, that sort of launched me into a deep dive study of the clarity of the gospel, the accuracy of the gospel, and it sparked in me a passion for the accuracy of the gospel that I've had now for over 30 years.
1: You know, I've heard that term often used as well, cheap grace, because they think it's, well, you just believe anything or you believe Christ and and you go out and you live as you please. But those of us who really know the word of God, we know it's not cheap grace. It is very expensive grace because that grace is wrapped up in the person and the work of Jesus Christ on the cross where he did all that work for us. It was very expensive. And at the same time, he offers it to us freely and then we trust Him as our Savior. Now, after you left school and you had that passion inside of you, what was the next step in the journey the Lord was taking you on in the whole issue of the gospel?
2: Yeah, so every church that I've pastored, I've uh, attended to really hit the gospel hard and and uh, make it clear and accurate and urgent. I do believe there's an urgency to the gospel, and the Lord instilled that in me even as a youngster when I was saved. I got saved at age six. My dad led me to the Lord. Uh, I was raised in a Christian family, and well, we moved a lot because my dad was in the military, but uh, I do remember one church we were at where the pastor uh, almost every Sunday, Sunday morning and Sunday night, would, would use some type of a phrase like, if you get hit by a bus on the way home from uh church tonight. Are you prepared to meet mm. the Lord? And so to this day, I have a morbid fear of buses, but, uh, <laughs> but it instilled in me the reality that life is a vapor and that we need, to, we need to have the issue of our eternal destiny settled and we're not promised tomorrow. And so once I really got my hands around the clarity of the gospel, I've just been burdened for the lost and burdened uh, to see people understand that this is an urgent matter. Uh, our culture today teaches you that the gospel is something you just sort of take your time, feel your way through it, you know, decide whether you like it or not, and, and just sort of has no urgency, no, no clarity and, and, and stake in the ground. And so, uh, but I've really been passionate throughout my ministry about the urgency of it.
1: You know, that so much is lived out that you have not only gone to churches and helped them as a pastor to really learn the word of God, shepherding them around not only those truths, but how those truths intertwine with Scripture. But the Lord has also led you to found a ministry that has been around a long time, a very deep and wide ministry called Not By Works. And I like that term because salvation is not by works. In a sense, it's not by our works, but it is by the work of Christ on the cross. And so while you're listening to us today, folks, I'd like you, if you have the opportunity also surf into his website, notbyworks.org. That's notbyworks.org. And while we're sharing these great truths with you, you might surf through his website, and we're going to draw you to a couple of issues in that website that might be very helpful for you in just a few moments. Well, let's talk about that not by works, and go back to the gospel. So let's start with the, I'm going to call it the accuracy of the gospel. What is the biblical doctrine of soteriology in a simple way, but yet, on the gospel.
2: Yeah, so I believe, you know, the gospel is so simple a child can understand it. Uh, That's why Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. Uh, You can state the gospel in 10 words or less. Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. I mean, that's the essence of the gospel right there. And um, uh, the essence of the gospel is that, uh, you can't pay, pay for it on your own. You can't earn it. There's nothing within you that you can do or promise or pledge or commit to somehow open the gates of heaven for you. The holiness of God demands a perfect righteousness, as Jesus said in Matthew 5, 48, and that righteousness can only come uh, by imputation. Now, that's a big word that the Bible uses, but it just means a Christ's righteousness is given to us as a gift. It's something we receive by faith. So the minute faith meets the gospel in that Instant, in that punctiliar moment in time, we are regenerated, we are changed, we are born again, as Jesus told Nicodemus. So it's faith in Jesus Christ who died and rose again for our sins and is the only one with the power to forgive sin and give eternal life.
1: I really like the way you made that especially clear. It's the death and the resurrection of Christ. A lot of people say, no, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection. Well, burial is the only thing that proves that someone died, and being seen by others proves as a resurrection. So the others are are just visible signs, but the actual payment for sin is the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah, that's right. And if you go to 1 Corinthians 15, the classic passage— exegetically, the death and and resurrection are marked out by the phrase, according to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Burial and and the others are not. They're just supplemental sort of supporting data.
1: All right. Let's talk about that. It's quite possible that there are many Christians today that would not argue with that, that the good news is that Christ died and rose again. That's the gospel. We've got that. But then from the time they know that it's Jesus dying and rising again, and perhaps somewhere that's faith in Christ alone, or maybe just faith in Christ, they really get off The reservation. You know, they they know in their heart that it's by faith in Christ, but then they add a lot of other stuff that messes up the clarity of the gospel. Now, our ministry is called Make It Clear. Technically, though, we don't have to make the gospel clear. It's already clear, but we need to make that message clear to stay true to Scripture. So why don't you talk to us about the essence of the clarity of the gospel in addition to just the accuracy of it.
2: Yeah, so people can and do believe many things in life that they may think get them to heaven, whether it's the five pillars of the Islamic faith or the seven sacraments or some other uh, you know, issue of nirvana or whatever it might be. But there's only one thing that when believed brings eternal life, and that's the gospel. So uh, the gospel is that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. So it's not how you believe that saves you. It's what you believe that saves you. And when you believe that precise content in that moment, you're born again. So you mentioned a second ago, some people believe Jesus lived and that he died. They might even believe that he resurrected. Mm. That's fine, but that's not, all right that's, that's true right. But that's not all that's true they have to believe that he did it for me right so in my book getting the gospel wrong i talk about really five core essentials that are non-negotiables when it comes to uh, being saved or having eternal life would you
1: share those with us and folks if you can i'd like you to write those down all right go ahead give yeah, us a smile. so
2: it's first of all jesus right and no jesus no gospel that's pretty, right it's pretty clear and then that he died and rose again okay and that he did it for me personally In other words, there has to be an acknowledgement that I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. If you don't know you're drowning, you're not going to reach for the life preserver. So you have to recognize that you have a sin problem. Now, you can't stop sinning. You can't promise to stop sinning. You can't do anything about your sin to please a holy God other than receive the free gift of forgiveness from Christ. But you have to at least acknowledge that you do have a problem. You are a sinner. So you have to believe that he died and rose again for you personally, and that even if you'd been the only sinner, he would have died for you. That's the love of Christ on the cross. Uh, And so it's, you know, that Jesus Christ died and rose again for our sins, paid our personal penalty for sin, and then that he's the only one who can save you. So the gospel is not part of a a cafeteria buffet line where some Mm. people like you know roast turkey and some people like you know barbecue Mm. it's christ alone Mm. so if someone comes to the the proverbial altar let's say the moment where they realize they need to be saved and they say well I could believe in Buddha I could believe in Muhammad uh, or Allah I could believe in this but I I think I'll choose Christ. Mm -hmm. No, that's not exclusive faith. Mm -hmm. Jesus said I am the way, the truth and the life no one comes to the Father but by me. So exclusivity is that that fifth point of um, non-negotiable.
1: I like what you said, because Christ died and rose again. That's history, but Christ died and rose again. For me, personally, that's salvation. When I trust in Christ alone, that's very, very important. See what you think about this thought. You know, when I'm sharing the gospel with some, a lot of people might say, you know, all you need to do is just believe in Christ or believe in Christ. But if they don't emphasize it's also, though, not of works to get saved and not of works to stay saved. A person could hear that and say, oh, now I understand going to heaven is by trusting Christ as Savior, but then they add to it what they already were believing in the past. So they just added that part of it, and they've got grace and works mixed. So talk about the importance of making sure we emphasize the not of works part of also explaining the gospel that it's by faith in Christ.
2: Yeah, so <clears throat> not by works is the name of our ministry. It's based on Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we've done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. And so what you're talking about is what I call post-requisites. Some people will say, yeah, it's faith alone. But if you don't do this and this and this, well, you never really were saved or you lose it or you you didn't keep it or something like that. But listen to what Paul said to that issue in Romans 4. Now, to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. In other words, if you think you have to work to please God and, and work your way into heaven, not only will that not work, it's actually increasing your debt. Yes. It's counterproductive. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, but who to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Faith is the key. From Genesis to Revelation, every person from Adam forward who got saved got saved the same way by faith. Now, the specific details of what we must believe to be saved that changes over the progress of revelation as God revealed more about his plan of redemption through the ages. Today, it's very clear from the New Testament that we have to believe Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died and rose again for our sins, but it's always by faith. And so, a lot of people, uh, you know, they think that they have to somehow prove to themselves or to others that they're really saved. But as you said, you're not saved by works, so you don't have to prove your salvation by works or do good works to keep it.
1: Thank you. In case you've just tuned in, you're listening to Make It Clear, and I'm your host, Stan Pons. But our special guest today is Dr. J.B. Hickson. He's the founder of the ministry Not By Works, and you might want to find out more about his ministry and what he has to offer to help people understand that salvation is by faith alone in Christ and not by works. Go to his website notbyworks.org. That's notbyworks.org. Our topic today is the gospel, of course, and we've been talking about the accuracy of it. So he's done a great job explaining to us the person and the work of Christ and what he's done for us on the cross, and that's the complete final payment for our sin. And then we moved into the topic of clarity and the importance of being clear. And sometimes clarity and accuracy often go together. How about if you share with us again about the clarity of the gospel? Maybe there's some terms that people think are clear, but are not necessarily as clear that a person that hears that might add to that more information, and it'll actually
2: turn into works for salvation. Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, and on our YouTube channel, it's just youtube.com slash not by works. I have a video called what the gospel is not. And I would encourage you to check that out because these are common phrases that have become uh, sort of colloquial terms and especially Western Christianity that in my mind actually add confusion. So people will say things like, you know, commit your life to Christ. Mm-hmm. When I was teaching uh, full time, I've been in and out of academics for the last 20 years too uh, I would uh, have students come in on Monday that were pastoring over the weekend, mm-hmm. and they would come in on Monday, and they were always excited about how the Lord worked in their service the day before, and they would say things like, hey, Prof, man, you would have loved it yesterday. We had five people commit their lives to Christ, <laughs> and I would always say, man, that's great. Did any of them get saved? You know, <laughs> because nowhere does the Bible say that you get saved by committing yourself To somebody or something. It's faith. More than uh, 160 times in the New Testament alone, the Bible conditions eternal life upon faith alone. And a commitment implies sort of a bilateral contract. Like Mm -hmm. I commit to do this, and in exchange, God commits to let me into heaven. Mm -hmm. And uh, salvation is not a bilateral contract, it's a unilateral gift. Mm -hmm. One giver, one receiver. We're the receiver. God is the giver. So I've avoided using the phrase commit because I think we even have these little commitment cards where people think by signing their name to a card somehow that solidifies a contract that they've made with God. And the problem with that is down the road when they fall or slip up or they willfully sin uh that's going to sort of cause doubts and make them wonder well am i still saved did i lose it I've, i broke my end of the bargain so uh invite jesus into your heart is another one that's yes. I think confusing yes i did a whole study on that in my book getting the gospel wrong and found out that that whole concept never even existed until the turn of the 21st century or 20th century so it's uh you know what does that mean exactly and so commit surrender those are terms that, again, to me, imply more sanctification, mm-hmm. as you've always made clear in your ministry, mm-hmm. that you know salvation's a free gift. Then as a believer in Christ, we want to do all that we can to serve and honor and surrender and commit to the Lord as part of our discipleship. A process, but we've got to keep those two concepts distinct.
1: And I like the way you said that, you know, when we trust Christ as Savior, we simply receive the free gift. Now, a lot of people say, "You just all you need to do is just receive Christ. Well, John 1, 12 says yes, but here's how you receive Him, by believing in Jesus Christ. So even that term, if you receive Christ as Savior, that's not clear enough. And it's not all that biblical because you have to add the rest of that because Scripture does. But yet, we have the good works afterwards, you know, and I like to tell folks, you know, Jesus died and paid for my sin. He offers me the free gift to be. Eternal life, and I receive it by placing my faith alone in Christ. Now, I'm good not to get saved, I'm good not to stay saved. I am good today by my choice because I am saved as a way to say thank you to the Lord. What better way can we say thank you to the Lord than to worship Him? And in that worship is we worship Him by what we do in our ministry and helping others come to faith in Christ and then to grow in the Lord as well. Our guest today is Dr. J.B. Hickson. He is an author. He's a theologian. He is a speaker and he's available to speak wherever you'd like him to come and speak in a ministry, be able to share these truths and others. But he's also a pastor. So he knows that the gospel is a starting point, but it's not the ending point with people. He really wants to have them really grow in grace so they won't grow. Own in disgrace, and so I'd like to have J.B. tell us a little bit about the church you pastor in beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado, Plum Creek Chapel. Tell yeah. us about that.
2: Yeah, come see us sometime if you're ever in the area. I know Colorado's a, a frequent tourist destination, and if you're on your way to the mountains. Uh, Uh, on your way to see Pike's Peak or the Garden of the Gods, come by and see us on Sundays at 10 o'clock, Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, just south of Denver, between Denver and Colorado Springs there. Love to have you come. And uh, you can check us out on the web at plumcreekchapel.org. That's
1: great. And you know, that's going to help you to know that he is not only a theologian on the doctrine of salvation. That's our topic today. And you can see that he really knows that. But that's to let you know that he also knows the Word of God from cover to cover. And we're always growing in the knowledge. But he's a different kind of teacher. It's not just about what I know. It's I've discovered truth in God's word. It is biblically accurate because I've done all the right principles and rules for my hermeneutics and my Bible study. But I'm so excited for people to know these truths. So he's given his life to communicate those truths to others as well. So let's talk now about that urgency of the gospel because, you know, you could be um, accurate, but if you're not clear, they won't understand it. You can be very clear, but if you're
2: not accurate, you're clearly wrong. But you could have all these great truths, but then you never share it with anyone. Yeah, so urgency is so critical, especially for two reasons. First of all, as we mentioned earlier, you're not promised tomorrow. Life right. is but a vapor, James says. But also, as we look around us at the geopolitical events and world affairs and things happening, it just you can't help but think that a time is drawing near for the return of the Lord. And so we want people to recognize that there's a, there's a serious need spiritually within everyone. If you've not trusted in Jesus Christ and Him alone as the only hope of eternal life, and do that today. Uh, and so uh, we, uh, everywhere we go, doesn't matter the topic, I could be doing a hermeneutics conference, a pastor's conference mm-hmm. even. I do a ton of end times prophecy conferences, and the gospel is central throughout w- what we teach and preach, because we never know when there might not be one person there that's not trusted in Christ. And I do have a, a brand new book that deals exclusively with this idea of urgency. It's called Top Ten Reasons Some People Go to Hell, and the one reason no one ever has to. And basically, I take 10 chapters. Uh, it's a 12-chapter book, but 10 chapters, and I deal with common reasons that I've picked up on through over 30 years of ministry of why people don't believe the gospel. In other words, the most important thing we need, forgiveness and eternal life, is free. Why don't people receive it and accept that gift by faith? Uh, it's always puzzled me. You know, it's not like we're trying to sell them a magazine subscription or a set of encyclopedias. This is a free gift of something they desperately need, and yet so many people refuse to believe the gospel. Why? Well, I picked up on ten common reasons, and it's, uh, it's really a, a, an anecdotal book, a lot of humor and stories, but, but really each passage I take, a, each chapter I take a different passage of scripture, and it's helpful for those who have a heart for evangelism because it sort of allows you to clue in, okay, what objection is this person having to receiving the gospel? And how can I overcome that? So anyway, you can you can kind of check that out. And I think it'll help uh, with this idea of urgency. And I think that's an excellent book and an excellent title. And I want to again tell our
1: listeners that you are listening to Make It Clear. My name is Stan Pons. I'm the president of Florida Bible College in Orlando, as well as the Bible teacher here on Make It Clear. And I'd encourage you to visit our website at makeitclear.org. That's makeitclear.org. And you can discover what we've been doing in ministry. We have material that's out in our marketplace. We also have speakers. That are available to come in to speak at any of your events if you're looking for someone who's clearing the gospel but also can speak to the hearts of the people of the audience that you've called together. They are all trained in doing it online for those of you that would like to put together something online. In addition to that, we have media. So you can download our, our app if you want it from whatever app store platform that you have. And that way you can hear this interview again and other interviews, but Bible teaching that will help you. You can also know by going to our website that we have Make It Clear Studio. We're producing films, a television program, and now a feature film that's being produced now. That'll be filmed in uh, 2021. Everything is in order. We're just waiting for things to lighten up a little bit so we can do that. And then we have associates. These are men and women that are out there as missionaries in starting churches, rebirthing dead churches, helping others to really grow in grace. So that's makeitclear.org. But I want to spin back into your website. I really like it, notbyworks.org. I mean, it says it right there in the very beginning. So when the folks go through that website, tell us a little bit about that website, if you will.
2: Yeah, you bet. So on the homepage, there's a highlight carousel that scrolls through, and it has a weekly devotional that I write and some links to other resources available on the website. But the main link right at the top that I want to encourage you to check out is called Free Resources. You click on Free Resources, and then it gives you four options, audio, video, notes one other one i can't oh blog so audio video notes and blog and the notes section for example has thousands of pages multiple decades worth of all of my bible study notes and articles and things the video has hundreds of video sermons that we've done it and they can use that also to share with other people and, and do it in a bible study with others or yeah, people, i've had people like we have a three-part video on what is Calvinism and is it biblical? And I've had churches all across the country that have shown that in their Wednesday night or Sunday morning, Sunday school hour. Uh, so you've got video audio, all kinds of free resources. And then, uh, you might also click on the online store, which is at the on the main homepage, and there you'll find uh, lots of books that uh, we've written, and not only by me, but other scholars that are like-minded and clear on the gospel, uh, DVDs. We have hundreds of DVDs and things like that. So, yeah, it's a great resource, but take advantage of all the free stuff. And folks, I have to tell you, all of it is good, but if you wanted to get
1: one book that's a little bit deeper, so you really have a lot of substance there, but still easy to understand, is the book called Freely by His Grace. It's like a theology book, and yet it's still focused on His grace, and it has multiple writers in there per chapter, but it is really kind of keynoted by Dr. Hickson. Again, you can go to notbyworks.org and look at all the books and the material that's there, including an opportunity for you to personally contact Dr. Hickson. And that way he could answer questions, point you to a direction, as well as to let you know his availability to minister in your ministry from time to time as well. Dr. Hickson, thank you so much for being with us today. What a joy it is to have you with us as you represent your ministry, Not By Works.
2: Thank you, Stan. And thank you, Make It Clear Ministries. We sure appreciate you. And thank for your
1: encouragement you bet folks i want to thank you for being with us and i want to thank all of you that have put make it clear ministries into your giving plan i really appreciate that because it allows us to do what we're doing right here and the many things that we're doing that you can find out about on our website makeitclear.org. Make so until next time this is stan Bonds and remember stan Pons, to founder of
0: make it clear ministries and president of florida bible college in beautiful orlando florida